Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 says this, therefore, brethren, having boldness, can you say those words with me? Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Say, draw near. With a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I could stop right there and preach about how faithful he is. Amen? He's faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As we look at the book of Hebrews, it was written to a first century group of people who used to be Jews. So the Christian faith was somewhat new to them. And during this era, this time, Christians were being persecuted probably more than ever throughout history. They were being beheaded. They were being stoned. They were being tortured. They were being persecuted. It was a very depressing and dark uh, time for Christians. And what uh, the writer here, we don't know who the writer is. I would speculate it's probably Paul. But we don't know who the writer is. But what he writes to these new Christians is that don't turn back to the way you used to be, right? Uh, don't turn back to Judaism, but follow after the Lord. Follow after Jesus Christ. Now, can I tell you that there's a message in that for us? Uh, can I tell you that I've come too far to turn back now? Amen? Uh, you've come too late, if you will, to tell me to turn back. Amen? I believe that we are uh, to go forward in the Lord and to follow after Him. And as we look at this new group of Christians, Paul is trying to, or the writer is trying to encourage them uh, to keep going. Why? Because there's something better. Aren't you glad for the better? How many have a better life now that you serve the Lord than when you used to not? You see, the most significant word in the book of Hebrews is better. Uh, he has a better covenant, a better promise. He is a better high priest, and we have a better holy place. Uh, can I tell you that the holy place in the earthly temple does not even match up close at all to the holy place that we have in heaven awaiting for us there around the throne surrounding our Lord and Savior. So we have a, a better holy place. And then chapter 10 comes and we see that Jesus is a better sacrifice. He's a better sacrifice than all of the blood of the bulls and the goats and the lambs and all of those things that were done in the Old Testament. He is a better sacrifice than that. 
Hebrews 10.4 tells us, For it is impossible for the blood of, goat, of bulls and goats to take away sin. Better than all of those old sacrifices that have to be offered day in and day out. A continual offering of all of those blood, uh, the blood of the goats and the lambs and the turtle doves and all of those things continually being offered day after day. But Hebrews 10.10 tells us that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. You see, the sacrifice of Jesus was so powerful so great that he didn't have to keep doing it time and time again. There was one point in history, hear me, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And it covers all of the sins in the past historically. It covers our sin today. And it will cover our sin in the future. Amen. That is the power of that better sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He's a better sacrifice. And because of this knowledge, then there is a command for us. Knowing that you have a better sacrifice, you are to enter into his holy place with boldness. There's a better way for you to enter. You can have boldness. And that word having boldness is not an exhortation for us to muster up boldness. That is not what he's talking about. I don't have to muster up my faith in order to be able to go before my Lord and my God. I can enter into his throne room because of what Jesus has already done in the past. So I don't have to muster up faith. I don't have to believe more in order to go before God. I just simply have to have boldness because of what he's already done. Look at your neighbor he's already done it. You see, we can have boldness to come before the Lord because of his sacrifice. You see, God has already provided access for us. And it's through the blood of Christ. You and I don't have to wait out in the foyer of God's throne room. We don't have to wait for him to extend the scepter in order for us to enter into his divine presence. For Jesus has already paved the way for us to do that. Have you ever gone to a place, help me, Help me this morning. Have you ever gone to a place where you didn't quite feel welcome? I know you have, right? Where, where you felt kind of like an outsider, like you were maybe a little bit of an intruder. You weren't in the know, and you weren't a part of what was going on. But you don't have to worry about that in the kingdom of God. For he has shed the blood of Jesus Christ, and all of us can enter into the presence of God into his divine presence. What, what a privilege, what an honor for us to be able to come before the throne of Jesus all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I tell you that there is still power in the blood. 
There's still wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can help me to enter into the presence of the Lord. And we sing all of those songs about the blood of the Lamb because it's true. And we have reason to rejoice. It's because of the covering of His blood that we can go to the throne of God. And be welcomed and be received. And all of our needs be met because He is a big, big God. We enter. Look at your neighbor and say, come boldly. There's still power in the blood. Power to deliver us from the grip of sin. Power to help us to live for the Lord. Can, can I tell you that God's given you the power to live for the Lord? I didn't say it'd always be easy, but he's given you that power to live for the Lord. There's power uh, to wash away the deepest, darkest sin in your life or in your uh, family's life. You see, there is power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. And my point today is very simple. Take advantage of your access. Don't hang around on the periphery of God's presence. He desires for you to be and in an intimate relationship with him. In the Old Testament, the high priest would only one time a year enter into that holy place. In the Old Testament, the temple was set up where the Gentiles, which would have been you and I, were on the outside looking in. I'm glad I'm not on the outside looking in anymore. Amen? And then you would have that holy place where the priests and all those workers of the temple would be there and they would put the showbread and they would light the lamps and all of those things that were going on. But the main room in the temple, hear me, was the Holy of Holies. And only one time a year, that high priest, he would go into that holy place where the divine, awesome, a manifest presence of God was. And hear me, if he went in and he did not follow every prerequisite, not follow every uh, thing that the covenant said that he would do, then he would die. What a sobering thought, amen? You and I, because of what Jesus has already done, we can not only come can come boldly to his presence, to the throne room. You see, everything in the throne surrounds Jesus. He's already paid the price. He's already made a way for your salvation, for your sickness, for your relationship, for your deliverance from anything. It's already paid for. You see, you can come before God's presence because of the blood of Christ. If we even tried like they did in the Old Testament, come with the blood of an animal, we would be uh, not received. We would not have the boldness that we have today because Jesus has consecrated. He has inaugurated the way for us to come before the Lord. He has made a way, a new and a living way. 
And if you're a note taker, you need to take notes on this. A new and a living way. When the goat or the bull was slaughtered, it did not come back to life. Amen? His blood was shed, and it never came back to life. But now we have a new way to come before the Lord. And Jesus, whenever he died and he hung on that cross and he was buried, he died, but he came back to life on the third day. See, it's a living way to God. Not a dying way, but a living way. And because he lived, so shall we. What did your neighbor say, but it gets better? Not only a living way, but a new way. That word means that it is already it is always fresh on God's mind. Though the sacrifice of Jesus happened centuries ago, I want you to know that God has not forgotten it. Jesus does not have to be crucified time and time again. His sacrifice stands through all time. I can enter into God's presence uh, today and it is as if Jesus just hung upon the cross. This is just as if he just bled and died. As if he just was now pierced in his side. It's as if God just heard Jesus say, it is finished. By the way, that word there in the Greek, I mean, it means paid in full. You, you, didn't, you didn't hear that. You didn't. You didn't understand what I'm saying. Paid in full. I no longer have a debt hanging over my head. Anybody ever had insurmountable debt in your life? You don't have a debt for your sin. If you have received Christ as your Savior, all of that was wiped out. It is as if a, a benevolent benefactor came and paid your way. And it was a benevolent benefactor. It was Jesus Christ who paid the way for you to come into the divine presence of God. Come boldly because it's paid for. Come into his presence. It's as if God just now tore the veil of the temple in two. Now this morning I as I was studying this, I was like, God, show me a picture of what that means. How, how can the veil be torn in two? What's the significance of that, God? And have you ever seen those big wrestlers on TV? Those big old dudes? And, and they come out, and they got their skin-tight t-shirt on, and they just grab a hold of it and just rip it wide open. That's what God did. Why? Because it was never intended that we be out of God's presence. We were always destined to be in God's presence. And so, uh, but because of sin, there was a, a veil, there was uh, something blocking us going into the divine presence of God. But when Jesus said, it's been, ooh, now, there you go. 
feel that in my spirit. It's finished. It's done. It's over with. It's paid for in full. And then God, with his big divine hand, his powerful hand, he reaches down to grab a hold of the veil of the temple. We call it a curtain. But do your study. Nine inches thick. No way for a man to tear it in two. But God, seeing that the sacrifice had paid the price for all of mankind's sin throughout all of eternity, reaches down with his big hands, grabs it from the top, and splits it wide open so that we can come into the presence of our mighty, powerful God. He made it for us. Sure, y'all didn't want me to put on a skin tight t shirt and rip that open, y'all. <laughs> Can I tell you, we didn't do anything to make all of this possible. Nothing. We were totally and eternally lost and undone. And Jesus came and shed his blood for us. And he met God's requirement of a sinless and spotless sacrifice. And in response to that. You see, there needs to be a response for how good God has been. Can I get an amen? That's why we call it worship. Because we're assigning worth to what he has done and to who he is. Because he's good. Amen? He's good. And so there needs to be a response from us. And the response is not to run and hide. That's what Adam and Eve did when they sinned. But our response, since we have been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, is not to shy away, even though sometimes we have a tendency to do that. We look at ourselves and we think, I, I, there's no way that a, a, a God would, would want me to come into his presence, but I want you to know that he does. He wants you to come into his presence. He wants you to draw near to him. Even when we feel unworthy, even when we feel like there's no way that God would want us to come before him, he says, draw near and come with assurance and confidence. You see, now because of what Jesus has done, you have audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when you come to him, he has the power to do what you have need of. Hallelujah. There's no lack in him. He is able to meet each and every need that you have. He's good. Look at your neighbor and say, come with boldness. Draw near. You see, as the writer uh, puts this out, he says, your hearts have been sprinkled to rid you of the evil conscience and your body has been washed pure. In other words, Jesus has cleaned you up and made you presentable to come before the king. So, it's up to us to draw near, to come, to enter because of what the, our high priest, Jesus Christ, has done for us. To draw near. When I was writing this part right here, and my mind went back to some old days. 
some of those old hymns. Can I tell you that the account for your sin has been settled. There's no past debt that you owe because of your sin. And, and I reached way back, way back, and I heard this hymn in my mind, and it said long ago, yes, long ago, the old account was settled long ago, and the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away, and the old account was settled long ago. The account has been settled so we can draw near, come close to the Lord. I don't know how long, for some of you, it might have been since you felt close to the Lord, but I want you to know that's His desire. He doesn't want you to feel excluded, separated. He doesn't want you to feel like you're isolated. And alone. That's what the enemy tries to tell you. And I'm speaking truth. He tries to tell you that them people don't even like you. He, he tries to tell you that you're all alone in this. All you have to depend upon is yourself. But I, I want to tell you that that's not true. He says, come on with me. Come into my presence. Come on, sweetheart. the drawing presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. He draws us. Sinner and saint alike, God draws us to him. I might be close to the Lord, but I can be closer. God wants to draw you in close to Him. I told the first service this. I had a dream probably it's been over a year ago. Started off real strange. I was helping somebody clean their driveway. It was a mess. And I'm helping them. The man and his wife are arguing. And I'm I'm helping this guy clean, but then I look up and I see my dad standing on the top of stairs. And so I naturally, I'm like, forget the driveway. I'm going to go see my daddy, right? So I get to the top of the stairs and he gives me some advice about helping these people. But then he looks at me. And he says, just want to hug. My friend, that is what God wants to do for us. Oh, I feel that in my spirit. That God with his great big loving arms reaching around us and drawing us into his breast and just holding us loving us 
draw near draw near the enemy wants you to be separated and lost God says Come to me, ye who labor and are heavy laden. Come unto me, and I will give you rest. Amen. Rest. 